Big Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. As most of you know, I'm black. <laughs> I'm blue. <laughs> I'm black, daba dee daba die. <laughs> hey, did you hear the one about the black guy? <laughs> you know, the one where in the 1800s, the United States government decided that they would decide when that black guy was free. Well, I guess all of them. Remember that? Did you hear that one? Um, you mean you mean where the U.S. government liberated the black people from slavery? Yeah, slavery. Slavery. That's yeah. One. Yeah. Where they where they came in like the heroes that they were and liberated them from the slavery that existed. It was maybe the last time we did it on our own soil. We've been liberating elsewhere. Uh, shout out to all my tech folks out there. It's all about distributed teams and distributed workforce. So working Mm -hmm. remotely is very in vogue. So it makes sense that we would be liberating outside of our own country right now. I heard we liberated Libya. We brought slavery back, but like, well, let me, let me ask you a question then. Yeah. If you don't impose slavery, how can you get rid of slavery? I mean, there's nobody to save. Happy Juneteenth. <laughs> so what are we saying when we say happy Juneteenth? Because I, I do want to I do want to in earnest think about the plight of a historically oppressed group of people and take it seriously. But I also want to make sure that we're villainizing the villain instead of uh, misdirecting that anger. So I think it's probably worth us acknowledging what Juneteenth is for and what it's all about and what it means to us, if anything. Um, What is Juneteenth? mean to you so right now what it means to me today uh completely different what it meant to me is a younger man so what you were alluding to earlier is the state made it legal to own a human being based on their pigment then they decided that wasn't okay. It doesn't, I, I, it just doesn't mean anything to me. It means something to me that people are free or more liberated today than then, right? Or in ways they are. But if the US government makes it okay to own a person and then says, all right, now it's not. I don't think that that's a, I don't give them 
I'm not going to praise them for that here in Georgia. I don't give Kemp props because he reopened uh, our little lockdown within 14 days. Even though like everybody was yelling at him, oh, you're going to kill everybody because you reopened. Uh, I am saying firing squad, you suck. You had no right to do that. I do that. I, I say the same thing for our U.S. government that made slavery legal. Or said slavery was legal. I guess it. they didn't make it that way. We could have just ignored it. So I I actually really like that as a parallel, right? You're you're talking about how he he didn't have the right to lock things down to begin with. So you're not going to credit him for opening things back up, right? Because I think there's something interesting there in that the net result you think it's let, just just thinking about this as a kind of net result of one step backward, then one step forward, you would think, okay, you're in the same place that you were before. But that's actually a bit misleading, right? Because right. if we say, okay, the going, going back to slavery, okay, mm -hmm. the government takes one step backward, which is establishing you have a right to own another human on the mm -hmm. books. They've created some new law, some new regulation that says that you can own another human. Mm -hmm. And then they take what we believe to be one step forward, which is making another law that says, oh, we're going to amend that law and say, my bad, we were actually wrong. You can't own another human. Mm -hmm. And we kind of gloss over the fact that that's actually not a step back and then a step forward. It's just the same place. We now have regulation and law in place where before there was none, right? There was just this natural law of you can't own another human because another human has rights that are not required to be given to them by the state. Right. And I think we're sort of seeing that play out with what you're talking about, where if someone says, oh, I'm going to lock this down. And then they go, okay, I'm going to open it back up. That's very different than what they should do, which is, oh, I'm not opening things back up. I actually didn't have the right to lock it down in the first place. Absolutely. These are problems that the state has decided that they would solve. They solved them very much in an erroneous way. Mm -hmm. And then they solved them again by not, not, not just undoing what they did, but then amending what they did with just the opposite. Yeah. If you were a slave while we had slavery as supposedly legal in the United States, who was your captor? You have slave owners. Slave owners are abiding by the state law. They're doing nothing wrong. 
in the eyes of the state. Remember, remember that, all of you people that are okay with taking from somebody forcefully because it's legal. But we all can look at that today and say that's immoral, that's wrong, whatever, right? But uh, that was a bold stance back then to to feel that way. That was that was more than you know your left and right argument. That was what they would call on your Fox and CNN today is the crazies. You know, they're the loonies. They're talking about, you know, well, how would we feed ourselves without slaves? Um, anyway, that's, that's where we were back then. That's what the normal thought process was back then. Uh, and, and the state enforced it. Um, so you, you, you would normally say the South was your, your slave states because we, there's more agri agriculture down here. Therefore, there was a lot more use for slave labor. Um, but I want you to remember who the slave owners were. They were the rich, powerful Southerners, not the poor guy. Most people in the South were poor and just trying to get by. They couldn't afford a slave. No, I'm not saying that they wouldn't have one if they could have afforded one. They just couldn't. So they didn't have them. I hate to think, I hate to relate a slave to a Bentley, but I mean, it's kind of where, where it was, a Rolls Royce. It was the elite. Um, because there wasn't just cost in buying a slave. There was cost in keeping a slave healthy, strong, and worth having to begin with. Uh, we have all had children. Children are expensive to take care of. They're not out working. They're not out bringing in an income. Doesn't mean that the slave is a child, but I'm showing you the economics of it. All right. So at some point you're thinking, okay, well then it must've been about power because it doesn't really seem that economical to have a slave just to bring you, you know, your breakfast in the morning or whatever. That's, it must be very expensive. So it must be about the power of owning somebody. And I think that's when you start to really dig into what it was about. Um, so you did have things like slaves to, you know, polish the silverware. Slaves to do all these weird little tasks that you wouldn't think you would spend, you would put that kind of resources into. And there's a reason why it got to that point and it's because we at some point in us beyond when we made it legal to own a person we decided to subsidize owning a person therefore the poor person that we're talking about who doesn't own a slave 
has to pay taxes. So it's cheaper for the rich person to own a slave. And that's when we got into the slave, uh, what the the runaway race slave thing where the police were formed. That's where police came from. That's why we have cops today. So we started paying taxes, all of us, poor people. Uh, People who really, I mean, if a bad crop came in, their kids would starve and die. So, but they were paying taxes so a rich person could own a slave because it became as, as people became aware that they could run away and other people would be okay with them being free and black, right? It became an incentive to do so. Therefore, it became, uh, a better option for these people and they wanted to do that so the cost of owning a slave keeping them happy and or unaware of other opportunities became greater Uh, and slavery started to go away naturally Um, so some of the rich people in the south and probably some of them in the north i imagine they're both um came up with a plan and they passed that law that now we were going to start this um police agency that was going to bring runaway slaves back to their rightful owners but it was going to be funded by the taxpayer. So now it was no longer on the slave owner to go find their slave, which you can imagine you would have to crunch the numbers and say, Oh, I don't think it's going to be worth it to go get the slave. But if the taxpayers are paying for it, then you know, you better bring back my fucking slave. So, um, that's what happened is the, poor, the underprivileged, the people already struggling in life were now paying to return slaves to rich people in the South or Midwest or wherever they were uh, to these slave owners to so they could you know exploit these people further uh, on the exploited dollar of these other people. And this is because slavery was no longer economically viable. If it were, they wouldn't have needed to do so. Um, This was all legalized or perpetrated by the U.S. government. Again, making it where it's hard for me to say, oh, thank you for making it illegal to own another person. When not only were you enslaving people for their pigment, but you were making poor people of a different pigment subsidize the rich people of that pigment to do so. This is where I wonder 
why it is so difficult for us to have these conversations in a civilized or, or public way. I think just to be cognizant of just my own psyche and my own reaction to some of these things, when we start talking about slaves, when we start talking about humans as this this object, as this tool, as this commodity, as like a machine, right? You're you're comparing them to mm-hmm. to to children that need to be uh, you know taken care of, almost as if they are like pack animals, or as if they are you know farm equipment, right? But and- real, just real quick, it, the reason I refer to them that way is because the fact that they are slaves doesn't takes away their rights and abilities to take care of themselves. Not because they can't do it. It's because they're not allowed to do it. Yeah. And I think, well, I just think that's why maybe these are hard conversations to have because to even get into the depths of this problem, we have to first look into the mirror and accept where we were and what we were willing to let go and what we were willing to allow to happen. Right. Like I think, I think we talk about being on the right side of history all the time. We talk about historical oppression and we, we start pointing fingers and blaming, but, even for us to talk about this in this way feels a little prickly, right? Because you and I are two people who I I can't speak for the world, but I can probably speak for both of us and say that we don't believe another person could ever be classified as farming equipment. And it's disgusting to even think about it that way but it's it's a necessary evil to understand that framing because that's where a lot of this stuff comes in right a lot of the state and their interference a lot of the laws and regulations your your whole bit about um the the formation of law enforcement as not a a peacekeeping militia that we all sort of fancy them to be, uh, but are instead a a vehicle for returning slaves to the wealthy elite, which are you know still villainized today. So I'm not sure why that's a that's a hard task for us to accomplish, but. I guess that's that's the point I'm trying to make is that we can't even get to that point in the conversation because it's so difficult for us to acknowledge the fact that humans treated other humans this way. And even for us to speak about it that way makes us look guilty. Right. So we can 
let's go ahead and try to put some reality on what slavery was before heavy government involvement. Reality was back then that people were died on a regular basis just because, I don't know, an extra freeze came in in spring. <clears throat> people didn't understand economics that well. People didn't understand human action that well. Free labor sounded right. The but the reality came into that free labor wasn't free. They noticed people noticed that the, the worse they treated their slaves, the, the less productive they were. They talked about it between slave owners. I'm not saying that these people are innocent people, I'm talking about the richest, most powerful people in these poor places, talking about. Oh, but if I treat my slaves a little bit better, they seem to, I'm getting more, you know, this is not innocent conversation, but this is the way it went. So, pre-subsidization of slavery, there was a, a, a big movement towards humane conditions of slavery comparative to the time this is not me saying slavery is good this is me showing you that even as bad as slavery was it got worse the more the government got involved so they don't want them running away they treat them better so there's not a reason to then, when they are not responsible for returning their own slaves, for finding them, for paying for all that, and it's on the taxpayer's buck, now there's none of that incentive to treat the slave correctly or humanely in the broadest sense of the world, word if you own a person, but um, is there. Now the financial burden is on everybody else. Therefore, there is no incentive. Like, I can do whatever the fuck I want to them. Because if they run away, it's your ass. You go get them. And now, you know, now you're paying for me to get my slaves returned to me and you're paying for my crop that they harvest. And for 13 cents a day, you know, whatever. This, this is worse than third world conditions. This is not that long. When the most wealthy people didn't have indoor plumbing, when the most wealthy people could still starve to death with a bad crop, these are the days we're talking about. These are days that, you know, anything could happen and a whole family would get wiped out. You're asking them to pay for 
the return of somebody he, you didn't have the right to own to begin with. So it's not just it's not even just the slave. It was everybody else besides the power elite. So um and it got worse for the slave. That's what I'm it got it got worse because there wasn't that incentive there. And then slavery gets abolished. And it didn't get like abolished, like that's what I was about to say, right? Like from a semantic perspective, I would disagree. And and I think it's I think it's disingenuous to say that it was abolished. No, in fact, we amended the slavery laws to free a specific race of people. And to be honest, it didn't even get that. It was in the southern states, it was abolished. In the people who, in the states that fought for the north, it was not. You could not purchase a new slave. Like as they died off, that was it, right? But in the northern states, you could still own your slaves if you fought for the north, if that state was a northern state. And I think this is where we get caught up in the red team, blue team nonsense, right? The the north versus south, the... Because I, I hear it all the time. The, oh, well, the KKK was started by Democrats. Oh, well, Democrats were basically Republicans back then. We've swapped over time. And you're losing sight of the fact that None of this has anything to do with which side of the government you are supporting. It's the same state ensuring that slavery is continued to be uh, a part of the winning side. Who, who wins if the winning side still has humans under ownership by other humans? We're all still losing. We're just losing a little bit less. Right. I mean, today, the government with, with the black slavery abolishment thing, that was not in any way, a idea of letting go power. It was, it was a conscious decision that if we keep going down this path, we're going to lose power. So we're going to do this and then we're going to, we're going to go about gaining power a different way. And, and today we're just all slaves, you know, 60, 70% of the day we work for the state and the rest we get to work for ourselves. Um, because it wasn't the state doesn't care about the pigment of your skin. They just want you to be a slave. So. Well, I think this is uh, maybe one of the examples that shows that the, the state trying to 
take advantage of a situation where they can couch a power grab within something that appears virtuous is in no way a novel idea. This is not something that started in 2004, right? This is something that has been going on since well before our nation was even founded. This is, this is what large uh, governing bodies have been doing since the beginning of time. The idea that in order to get the public opinion at least somewhat in favor of our power grab, we will convince them that we were doing it for their own good. So certainly, because I, I think this gets... this Child gets, labor. Right. It, this gets taken literally all the time when, yeah. when folks are talking about the, the state's rights because there's the Confederate flag issue and this gets just so muddy and people talk about states' rights and it's like a state doesn't have a right either uh, because a state shouldn't exist. It's just a collection of people versus a larger federal state, right? You're right about the state and the fact that it tries to jump on something that it sees moving in a direction that is deemed virtuous and heroic and tries to be like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Not, not playing on the me too movement, but like, that's what happens. Like, uh, the, the industrial revolution decides that, you know, the families decide I make enough that my kid can learn instead of going to work. Like he can, he won't starve to death if, I let him go and play and learn. So kids stop going to work. They, the amount of kids working becomes so minuscule that the state goes, I mean, it becomes, it becomes a social, like uh, a strike on you. If you were to have your young kid work, because it is so much easier to make enough money to survive. That just the social stigma of it becomes different. And then the state goes, oh, kids shouldn't work. It makes it illegal. And then everybody's like, oh, the state stopped kids from working. That's not what happened. The free market had advanced to the point that kids didn't have to work and families were able to provide for themselves. And then the state came in and pretended to be a hero. Um, that's not what happened with slavery, by the way. Slavery in American times was always a bad idea. Um, all economic models that I've really studied and show that and it was a fallacy but it was something that had been long standing in society from back in the times like Cleopatra when maybe because we don't have enough knowledge of what the people were thinking wanting and needing at that time to make a truly accurate 
assumption uh, or assessment, but it wasn't economically viable here. And maybe it was then, but it never was in American history. It was a power elite kind of thing that they didn't want to get rid of. And then when it became too expensive, they made the poor people subsidize. So. And that's, that's an important distinction. I think we should, we should make sure that's not lost. Right. Because you're not saying it wasn't economically viable for the wealthy and then it went away because if it had been found to be no longer economically viable, it would have gone away. Right. Right. So it, it at the point at which a natural economic shift could have occurred, the state doubled down on its position to enforce something that it had already made legal, which right. is a problem in itself, but they would continue to enforce. We, we, we often lose sight of everything that led up to what we're talking about when we talk about Juneteenth, Emancipation Proclamation, what, what, what have you. We think of slavery and slavery as a part of the economy as this very binary idea that it was yeah. a light switch of since the beginning of time and since the beginning of America, we had slaves and then the Emancipation Proclamation was signed and we turned slavery off. Yeah. And we just don't talk about leading up to that because the, the United States government made legitimate movements, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the police force that you're talking about, these, these are things that are instated not centuries before the Emancipation Proclamation, right? right. We're talking about like decades before. Right. And and the if you look at the registered slave, uh, the the registered slave record, like you can look at it and you can see that once it was subsidized, even after it was made illegal to bring new ones in, they were claiming like births and stuff, and it was rapidly growing because we're talking about the power elite. They pay for the campaigns of the politicians who count how many slaves they have, right? So, like, yeah, I'm not bringing new ones in from Africa. They're having babies that fast. You know, like, they're not fucking rabbits. You know, but they, you know, that's where that hyper-sexual drive that black people have. Remember when it was, they were, free but like it became like a that was one of the things that the racist people said right and that's where that came from like the black man has a hypersexual drive that's why he's going to rape your white women and it was because that was brought about by them bringing in slaves from africa and saying that they were born here in the states 
because you weren't allowed to subsidize like new slaves. So they padded the books or whatever. Which caused a whole nother issue. They like now white people are like poor white people who are paying for these rich people to have slaves are like, well, shit, maybe we should let these rich people have slaves because if they set them free, they're just going to start raping all our white people because they're, you know, they're fucking like crazy. They're just reproducing like crazy because they, they believe it. You know, they don't know. Those guys are going at it so much that they ended up with a few 16 year olds. How did that happen? <laughs> right. They, they just don't know. We are at best irresponsible by trusting any data that's provided to us by the very people who want to stay in power, right? We're talking about something that happened a good long while ago, mm-hmm. and this sort of corruption at a very high level was going on then. Can you imagine what that looks like today? And how easy it is to obfuscate, how easy it is to hide this in plain sight, and what sophisticated methods we have for communicating things across, right? With we've we've talked about this before with manipulation of social media and various different media channels. Think about how difficult it was when you had letters reaching people two years after the president made a proclamation, right? That's tough. And we're still able to convince people that these slaves were having children at such a rapid rate that they were producing full-grown work. Work ready. Work ready adults, <laughs> I, I I still can't connect the dots, and, and that was. I mean, you can't, and you don't. You, you shouldn't have to, right? I mean, because we all know what's really going on, and and today in your woke leftist mindset people like Alexander Hamilton are are raised up as heroes. But Alexander Hamilton was a self-proclaimed federal nationalist who believed that there should be a monarchy in the United States, a king, a queen, nationalist, who you claim that I am today in your woke agenda, that I'm a nationalist. Which doesn't hold water, of course, because why should I give a shit about a nation, right? I just care about my property. But that's what you lump me with. So here I am defending who I am 
not who you claim I am. So your your hero, Alexander Hamilton, was a nationalist who got extremely wealthy by extorting and exploiting South American darker brown people. <clears throat> Probably out of our founding fathers, the most evil one we have. But he was a good writer. Fucking his wife's sister. Real piece of shit. And if George Washington wasn't such a trusting person, I'd like to think he had had him killed. I really do. And it makes me sick that we have a musical about that piece of shit who was all about it. He didn't own a slave, but was all about the power to own one. So, you know, think about that. Think about the person who owned a slave. Think about the reason he was, or she was able to own a slave. What the fuck are we doing here? Why are we still in the same place we were? Get rid of one slave, start a new one. It's just fucking ridiculous. It's a trap.